Hello everyone, welcome to the Arsaholics podcast on Wednesday. No, Wednesday. I'd always do, mate, I'm just so bad at this, like Thursday, Thursday. That's that's what I should probably put in my notes as well at the top, what day of the week it is. <laughs> but yeah, the, Thursday, happy Thursday everyone for listening in. Um, you've got Raj here, I've got Mice with me, hello Mice. Hey mate, how's it going? Good man, good, good. So um, guys, thank you again for tuning in, right? So please like, share, subscribe, all those fun stuff, uh, please. We really, really appreciate it. And um, we, we today we were, you know, last episode, if you, if you guys listened to our last episode, we reviewed the central midfield options that Arsenal have, uh, how we could possibly see that shaping up next season, the sorts of players that we want in. We, Miles and I were sort of this morning thinking about what, what we were going to cover today exactly. And there was a few things that had happened in the news, uh, you know, relating to Arsenal that we thought that we could sort of touch upon. And, and we provisionally did agree agree on that. And it was probably the greatest provisional uh, agreement that we've made in a while, because since since this morning, all kinds of, you know, there's all kinds of craziness. So let's talk about the main news story of the day, if you're an Arsenal fan. To be to be honest, actually, like the main news story this morning was probably going to be the fixtures, but but an, another main news story has has happened today, which, in the blink of an eye, we've been linked with signing a uh, a player, um, who has a name very similar to a legend of ours, um, Vieira. So it's Fabio Vieira, right? Is that right? Have I got the first name? Is, is Fabio? Yeah, yeah, Fabio. yeah, Fabio Vieira. Uh, we, a, a journalist from Portugal broke this news story pretty sort of late in, late, late in, uh, the UK afternoon hours. I think that was the only thing going around on Twitter. And then all of a sudden, bang, all of a sudden, the credible journalists are all reporting Arsenal are in talks to sign Fabio Vieira from Porto. Fee is agreed. Terms are agreed. He's flying for a medical tomorrow morning, all in the blink of an eye. Now, my, like, my first reaction to this was i have no idea who this guy is yeah but i love the fact i love the fact that we had no idea about it before today i mean what, what do you think like this era of you know of, of social media where we have all these links arsenal interested in so and so interested in this player hold interest in that guy you know the same news stories regurgitated and if, if there is any genuine interest then every couple of days it's just it's it's just recycling of that news story over and over again. The Gabriel Jesus thing, which we'll come on to, has been sort of bubbling for a little while. When every week it seems like someone exclusive, Arsenal are closer to signing Gabriel Jesus, when it's just longing it out, longing it out. There's clearly no real new information there. This, bang, done. Like, guy is flying in tomorrow. It, it's gonna He's going to sign for Arsenal Football Club tomorrow. What did you think about that news story today? <laughs> Yeah, uh, exactly the same as you, mate. Like, where the hell did that come from? Probably the same as every single other Arsenal fan um, was thinking when they heard the news. And to be honest, I think when Aaron and sent it in our WhatsApp group, I looked at it and I thought, like, didn't recognise the journalist, didn't recognise the source. And I just sort of, like, looked at it, but didn't almost... It wasn't a case of not believing it because it wasn't like it was a high-profile player, but it was almost like, okay, let's see what happens kind of thing. And like you say, within the hour or so... Um, all of the usual kind of uh, top sources started, um, you know, putting their tweets out as well. So yes, pretty mental uh, for it to happen this way. And I think it's really, really interesting that, um, you know, I'm not really sure how the club have managed to kind of keep it under wraps. And I guess when you think about it, it's obviously quite possible 
um, if they kind of keep the circle of knowledge in terms of who knows about this deal pretty, pretty small. Um, and I guess the club release the information that they want to, but it does feel like this is this just never happens. It just doesn't happen anymore. It definitely doesn't happen with Arsenal. Absolutely doesn't happen with Arsenal. We we tend to be. I don't like think it say, happens. With, I don't think it happens with anyone. Maybe. Yeah, like, no, there's probably the odd deal that kind of comes out of the blue. Yeah, for, um, if, you're, if you're Burnley or someone, but like yeah. when you're a, when you're a top 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 side, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, exactly. I was, I was, I was in shock. And then obviously you, um, you start to do the the thing where you're like, right, like you say, who is this guy? I have no idea. We didn't even know what position he played. Um, mm. And then you start sort of digging around a little bit and people start tweeting and um, you, you start to see the compilations and everything and you, you get a bit excited. And yeah, I, 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 um, I mean, look, I, I think um, I'm, I'm surprised. I mean, look, if we're just going to talk about him as a player and what we know so far and the deal and that kind of thing, I'm, I'm still quite surprised in terms of the, the, the profile and the position, it, it, to be honest. And I guess maybe that, maybe that's partly because he's sort of the first, or look, he's going to be, or looks like he's going to be the first major summer signing, mm. um, because obviously the priorities are sort of elsewhere, right? And you would have expected. Um, kind of the Telemans deal to maybe happen first, the Gabriel Hazes deal to be to happen first, and obviously it hasn't happened that way. So I guess I'm quite surprised from that perspective, but I guess it doesn't really matter what order you sign the players players in, as long as you sign them all within a window. And um, I'm quite surprised at sort of the the age uh, profile as well, because I think the the talk this summer was all about we're going to be going for established, potentially Premier League experienced players of a kind of older age bracket compared to last summer and obviously this guy is not that at all he's very very inexperienced um i wouldn't say he's very very inexperienced but he's not you know 22 years old i think he's just turned 22 um i think he's had like one or two seasons in the first team at porto not many and um yeah like i say it doesn't really fit the profile that we were apparently targeting this summer and i'm not complaining at all because never seen the guy play so you know not making any judgment or anything like that or judging the transfer and is he the right person to buy or anything like that because i think we said last season after last summer let them play and see how they do um after they've actually played for the club because we made that mistake a lot of people made that mistake last summer and last season um but yeah man it's a very very it seems like a really really exciting signing um in terms of mm-hmm. you know his position um and like i say it's limited kind of um limited uh information that we've got in terms of basically you're watching a few yeah. clips here and there and obviously like someone put it someone someone tweeted uh controversially i guess you could say but a good a good way of looking at it as well is look pepe looked great in his um in his YouTube compilation. I'm not saying he's not great, but you know, it didn't work out for him. So who knows what's going to happen, but yeah, just in terms of this, this particular player, Vieira, he seems to be a player that just absolutely loves being on the ball. And um, we were talking about it, right? Some of the players that he, well, he reminded us of or reminds us of um, uh, from mm. sort of past Arsenal midfields and specifically kind of attacking central midfielders. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And going to, picking up on a lot of the things that you've said Arsenal already last season you know one of the youngest teams in the Premier League um for all our weaknesses for all the for all the big distance that we are uh, away from the clubs who are right at the top of the league we have this young project and seemingly all these pundits all these um not pundits but all of these um uh football experts from around Europe 
do confirm, you know, a, a nice feeling around Arsenal, which is that, you know, it's one of the most exciting young projects in Europe. You know, a lot of people in Europe see Arsenal as this really exciting young young project with a young manager with, you know, very specific technical ideas and, and young players and etc. This is it's a great coup in that way, right? Because on paper, this guy is one of the highest performing young players in Europe. Again, we don't, you and I, first we know nothing about the guy aside from the research we've done today. But he is someone who's got the most assists in, in Portugal last season, scored seven goals as well. So I think 14 assists, seven goals. And it's it's a league where historically they export really successful players to the Premier League. You know, yeah. um, particularly Porto, Benfica, those sides, you, you tend to get really good players. And recently there's been a lot of really good success stories from there. Uh, and and so to, to think that at, at this point in time, it feels like there's huge amounts of premium on, on young talent. We've seen Haaland, we've seen... Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not putting this guy in Haaland's bracket, but bear with me. You know, you've seen the sort of price that people are paying for these top talents. Chu Chamini from, from France. No one really heard about him 18 months ago. And he's only had, I think, 18 months at Monaco and one really great season. Suddenly he's going for 100 million euros, right? The, the premium for top talent is, is huge. And the numbers quoted, right? Allegedly, uh, Vieira has a release clause for, a, uh, I think it was, say, you know, 50 million euros or 40 million euros. I think 50 million euros, something like this. But allegedly, you know, we've negotiated this fee lower than that. So this isn't a case where we're just randomly triggering some guy's release clause, which which again brings me to a point, you know, that at the beginning when we were we were talking about the the kind of silence around this deal. You know, I think a lot of I think we really need to step back and really applaud the club for keeping this under wraps, like you said, because if this was a case where they went and just activated a release clause, that's different. Yeah. It doesn't sound like that is the case. It does not sound that. And if you're trying to if you're trying to attract some of the top talents in Europe, and in this case, by the way, Jorge Mendes, who is a super agent, is kind of doing you know is involved in this deal. The chances of keeping something that down, Sorry. he's uh, uh, well, I'm not sure if he is his agent. And you know how now you get these super agents who work to broker these big deals, you know. So he was he 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 brokered this deal. When you get super agents like that involved. There is no, there is no, there is no incentive for those agents or the clubs to keep this under wraps, as in not, not as in the selling club and the agent. There's no incentive to keep it under wraps. You might as well try and get the most money for your player, get the most, you know, and and, and the higher the fees, the higher the commissions, and all that kind of stuff. But this is genuinely no one has picked this up. Now maybe in the game, maybe, maybe you know there are football clubs who did know and, and were aware about this going on, but. As far as the journalists are concerned, no one had a clue apart from this um, this guy in Portugal. So, you know, I take really credit to the club for keeping this um, on the low. I think it's it's really, and I think it really helps if we get this over the line tomorrow. It really helps manage a lot of the fans' anxiety. I think this summer because it makes you realise that it doesn't matter what you hear. There is thing, there are things that are going on in the background, right? Absolutely, yeah. Like I think everyone was um, losing their shit. Yeah, sorry, I was going to say was, everyone was losing their shit the other day, weren't they? After um, the Basuma story broke, uh, him going to Spurs, and I saw, you know, I I tuned into a, a couple of um, uh, like pod, not podcasts, but you know, just um, social media basically, and a couple of channels, and uh, yeah, the reaction, <laughs> yeah, the reaction was pretty crazy considering we're what I don't know a couple of weeks into the transfer window, we've got a while to go until the season starts and um 
a lot of teams haven't done any business yet, not just us. And uh, people were people were really starting to stress out. And I can kind of, I get it. I do get it because historically we've not been fantastic in transfer windows. Like we don't seem to ever get everything we need to get done, done. But um, yeah, like you say, this hopefully eases um, a few people's or a few Arsenal fans' minds. And yeah, like you say, it's really refreshing to just for, for it to be as simple as this, right? And to not be tracking planes and, um, you know, bloody analyzing photos to see what kind of car that the players traveling in to go to the medical and all that stuff that Arsenal fans have become like classic, fa- you know, fans for and becoming these sort of detectives yeah. and, and spies. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, hopefully it goes through and it's, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just less stressful, isn't it? For all of us. It is. It, it, it is. It's a lesson to everyone. Look, just because you're not hearing anything doesn't mean there's nothing that's being done behind the scenes. Yeah. Like, and let, let's hope it continues this way. Obviously there are a couple of players that we're still in for that have got a lot of publicity at the moment. Those deals, Gabriel Jesus, Yuri Tillman, you know, let, and let's talk a little bit. Um, we might touch on a couple of those later, but Mars, let's talk about Vieira in terms of the player, you know, that, that he is apparently and how that sort of fits in. Right. So, from, from what we know, and it's quite interesting, because just before we did this pod, I saw on Sky Sports News, um, the, uh, the agent that, sorry, the, the the journalist that broke that story in Portugal was on Sky Sports News, and he was talking a little bit about about the player. And, uh, you know, he said, look, he's a, he's a right winger. That's his position. He's a right winger who can play in central areas. Uh, that, that, you know, that, 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 that's essentially what he is. He's not very fast, but he's incredibly... Uh, smart and intelligent sort of off the ball very technical so you know it interested me that he was very you know he was very sure in his statement of this guy is a right winger so uh all the all the kind of footage that i've seen of this guy you know shows him playing in various areas of the pitch and there's been lots of people on twitter i think saying this guy is someone who can play as a as an eight and you know sometimes as a you know as a, as a deeper sort of midfielder and as a 10 but it does sound like this guy's predominantly a right winger who can play maybe as a number 10 as well he's five foot seven very small guy um but um, an incredible technician, apparently. So given that profile, everything I've just said there and everything else that you know, if, I don't know if there's anything you want to add about what you know of the player, what do, what do you think that means? What sort of role do you think that Arteta might be envisaging for this guy? Because we're not going to spend, even if it's not that much money, I mean, he's probably not someone who's signed to just kind of be a backup player. No, I mean, I don't think, yeah, and I don't think you can say it's not that much money because I think um, this summer, every penny counts for us, right? We're trying to get absolute maximum for the players that we're we're obviously trying to move on. Um, so yeah, so it probably is in terms of our budget overall, it probably is a pretty big um, chunk of that. Um, I would have thought, um, especially considering the spend, the big spend last summer. Um, yeah, I mean that's a really really interesting question, and I, I was going to ask you the same thing, like because when you obviously look, the, it, it, from from what we've seen so far on Twitter. Um, in terms of analysis of how he plays, where he plays, his heat map from the season. I don't know if you've seen it. Um, and when you watch clips of him, he's very, and you said it in the group chat, he's very, very similar to Erdegaard in a lot of ways. Um, and he seems to play in a very similar way to Erdegaard. And he seems to occupy similar positions to Erdegaard. So on the face of it, in terms of the player that we're buying and you know what he's doing and done for Porto, I'm honestly not sure. But it does, and we touched on this last week when we spoke about the kind of midfield, potentially there is a change of system coming in. Um, I don't think we're, I don't know, 
I'm not sure we're necessarily signing him. Like I wouldn't, I don't think we're signing him as kind of like a backup to Erdegaard. I'm not really sure that is necessarily, I don't, I don't really think that's the case, but I think that, and I said this when we were linked with Jesus or yeah, I said, I said this when we were linked with Jesus a couple, whenever it was a month ago, two months ago, whatever. I feel like Arteta is trying to, number one, he's obviously, we ha- we have to build a bigger squad and the squad needs to be, you know, the standard throughout the squad needs to be at a similar level in terms of when a player in the first team is out, the player that comes in, the the, the standard can't really, we can't really afford to drop. We can't really afford to go from a Tommy Asu to a Cedric, for example, throughout the season, next season with so many games. So I feel like he's building the squad um, where you've almost got two very good players in every position, in theory and on paper. And I think also... Um, and I think, yeah, and I think he's trying to find players and he's particular, and he or they, the club, are identifying players that can play in multiple positions. And you sort of touched on it, right, where he's played, he can play right wing. What I read was, yeah, he plays right wing. He can play as an attacking midfielder. He can play right central midfield. And I think that's where he played for Porto this season. He played in a 4-4-3, 3 even on the right-hand side of that midfield. Um, so obviously right hand side of the of the the middle midfield as opposed yeah, to yeah so. okay interesting so. yeah. okay yeah okay, um, I could be wrong on that but that's that's sort of what I saw today um, mm-hmm. so so yeah I mean I think it's uh, like I say it's bringing in players that are adaptable to different systems and different positions and like Gabriel Jesus fits that mold and even with Tielemans you could potentially argue is he going to play deep lying is he going to play further forward you know we don't really know yet. Um, and I think that that's really, really interesting. I, I want, yeah, I really want to get your thoughts on what you think, how we might fit in, basically. So I was when we were talking the other day about the types of positions that we think Arsenal are going to sign. The one, the position that I was really worried that we weren't going to sign, because it feels like in theory it might not be as big a priority as the other the others areas, is um, someone who can provide backup to Odegaard. You know, uh, so. And, and and additionally, we we've seen how how hard last season was on Saka by not having someone who could adequately come in and back him up. And again, that is a that's a real that's a real statement to how Pepe sort of let us down last season. I think, but in that way, this is perfect, right? Because you've got this guy who plays on the right hand side and can operate centrally. So it's not even about being back up to these players, as we sort of discussed in in you know previously. You need a squad this season that's going to be able to rotate. It's this concept of, you know, almost first team players and backup players. It probably needs to get in the bin. You know, when you when you talk about these squads, when you talk about the you know the squads who are of the of the clubs, you know, ahead of us, say the top clubs in the Premier League, Chelsea, Liverpool, uh, Man City, there is it there isn't really a concept of that, right? There's so many players, you wouldn't say this is exactly their starting eleven. Bernardo Silva doesn't always start all their games. Mares doesn't start all their games. Sterling doesn't start all their games. I don't think any you could regard anyone as a backup player. And yes, we are not playing in the Champions League. We're playing in the Europa League. We're no, we're, we are a level below those teams still. But the concept still applies. You still need a squad and you still need to rotate. So on that note, so, so if we've got a player in him who can play in those different positions, then for me, it's, it's, just, it's just brilliant because he'll start loads of games He'll start probably, you know, arguably as mu- as many games as anyone else would, maybe, you know, potentially, because he can, you know, allegedly he can still play on the left, and and maybe we'll play different systems, like you, you say. So I think, mate, and and this is, and I, I want to get your your views on this because I know you, you know, you, you're quite passionate about this point. 
this feels to me that we are just act we are adding a technically gifted attacking player into our squad and that's a nice little throwback to the past isn't it yeah um, um we yeah i mean we spoke about it you and aaron and said it again earlier when we were talking about um about him and this when the news broke and i'm sure a lot of other Arsenal fans are probably thinking the same and and um yeah exactly like it is a bit of a throwback to um Arsenal midfielders of old where we used to have a lot we 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 were blessed we were blessed with these yeah technically gifted um kind of nimble skillful um attacking midfielders with like great vision great passing ability uh, all, all all of that stuff and just really really nice players to watch you know um and when i watched so when i the first kind of compilation video that i watched today the two players and it's interesting because i think you said a different player but the the first two players that came the first player that came to mind when i watched him was Cesc Fabregas um and i felt i just when i was watching him on the ball and the way he looks up and picks a pass which sounds like the most simple thing for an attacking midfielder to be doing but just the the way that he was doing that it reminded me so much of Fabregas um, and then the other player, maybe it's just the Portuguese thing, you know, is in the back of your mind is Bernardo Silva. Um, I think you might have said he he reminds you of Erdegaard. Is that? Yeah, I mean, he, he, that was exa- exactly. But I, but I think partly that's because he, he was left footed and there was something about the way that he was controlling the ball and moving it. Sorry, carry on. Yeah, no. So, um, yeah, what were we talking about? <laughs> Midfielders about, of the past, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, I mean, because the point is when we, when we looked at the Wenger era, there were those quotes from Arteta, right, that he, he he made a while ago where he referred to that era where you had Carzolas, Rosicis, Wiltshires, you name it. You had a squad full of technicians, right? Players that could play in various areas of the pitch and just were technically gifted, creative players. And we had loads. And we don't we haven't had that for a while. We haven't had a squad of those kinds of players for a while. And it's so and, and it's, we saw having Odegaard what you know how awesome it is to have players like that in your team and it was just it, it was a problem we, we discussed last season frequently when play when teams stop Odegaard it was an issue for us and if you've got someone if you've got Odegaard in your team and you've got a player like this and some games you know they'll probably play together that's going to be really problematic for teams to solve right for, because you, you you can't you can't play a system where you try and work them both out of the game and then you've got other players you know that you've got to take care of you've got to take care of Saka you've got to take care of you know whoever else is on the pitch it's too difficult to just to to, to stop a team who, who doesn't have one focal point and you know Odegaard was the conductor and if you look at Man City for example teams can't just stop De Bruyne because you, you, you what you're going to do you've got Bernardo Silva who's going to come you know and, and start dictating play so you can't do that. So you, so, so you need technicians. The Arsenal of old was so hard to stop because you had just all these technicians. You know, all these guys that could could, could do that, make something out of nothing, play in the half space. So, you know, it's it's, it's really nice to see that. And um, and I, you know, I there's a lot of play. There's a lot of people sort of saying, well, what does this mean for people like Smith Rowe? Do you have any concerns about any of the existing squad of, of adding sort of a player in that who plays across that three? No, no concerns in terms of what that they're not going to get enough the, minutes the, or we might they the might be surplus or yeah for the development of any of our current players no not really i mean there's the the number of games the the number of additional games that we hopefully should have this season i mean if you think about last season mate we went out of i know we got to the i think what semi-finals of the league cup but you know the fa cup we went out early doors first the third round was it i can't remember but yeah. you know 
yeah, very, early. very early. No Europe. Um, and even then we struggled with with the squad, right? We struggled towards the back end of the season and in parts of the season when we lost certain players. So um, not really. I, I don't have that concern. I think, I think like I mentioned it, right? W- w- ideal scenario would be two quality players um, for every single position, right? Mm. Um, and I feel like this season is one of those seasons where we're probably going to need that. Um, and I think there's just opportunity, there's opportunity for different players to state their claim and kind of get themselves, um, ahead. you know, there's competition basically for places. And I think that's always a good thing as well. You know, Erdegaard is now no longer necessarily guaranteed of his starting role. I mean, he probably is because, you know, he's, he is, he's so important to us, but if but we if, can rest yeah, him, we can rest him. Well. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully that's that, that's, that's it. And, and I think the other really, really exciting thing is, you know, you've got Erdegaard, who's I think 23, Smithrow, who's 21. And now you've got Vieira, who's just turned 22 last month. And like, what, what a kind of, you know, an age profile of, of these players. These are not guys that are coming, obviously coming towards the end of their careers. These are not guys that have turned up at a sort of, yeah, 29, 30, whatever. And, and uh, coming for a massive contract. These are guys that are now, you know, Probably number one, looking to be successful with us, but I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, if that doesn't happen with us, but they perform, then I mean, I'm not saying this is what we want to happen, but ultimately every player has a price. And if you're buying players at this sort of price range and they excel and they do really well, but the the club and the team don't necessarily do as well, if that makes sense, um, it means that, you know, you're potentially looking at um, a big, a bigger club or another European club coming in and paying huge money for one of these players because they're all. Well, I'm, I'm talking. I'm, I'm talking about Vieira as if I've ever seen him play. Obviously, I haven't. But you know, uh, on paper, they are all um, very, very big talents. Let's say so. Um, yeah, I think that I think it's a really, really exciting signing and quite interesting as well. Just, just to touch on one thing you said about kind of him potentially deputising Saka. So, like from what I've seen. He's a very he's a very very different player to Saka, and like I said, they, yeah. he reminds me of of a Fabregas, for example, the guy pulling the strings, um, picking out the through ball, picking out like an attacking pass, and I didn't really see him doing much of sort of like running at people and taking them on. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be really interesting because if he does end up playing on the right wing, does that mean a, again a change of system? Does that mean Saka maybe switches to the other side if or or if he's going to potentially depth? Like for me, I'm not sure if we're talking about the squad and we say we let's say someone does come in for Pepe and Pepe does leave I'm not sure we then I I would feel like we would sign another right-sided or another um like kind of wide attacking player okay okay so you don't think that there was a question I was actually gonna ask you so you know first well part a of what I was going to ask you is does this signal even more so the end of Pepe if you've got a player who like this can come in and is allegedly someone who's comfortable playing to you know on the right hand side does this does this mean that we can get rid of pepe um i think the writing's been on the wall for pepe this season um he's i think he started like i could be wrong on this i think i saw he started four league games last season hmm. i don't know if that's true or not um and yeah there were games where he just wasn't coming off the bench when we when sometimes when we needed a goal um and he's he, for whatever reason he, it seems like yeah he's fallen out of favor with arteta or whatever it is um and yeah i can't really see a way back for him um i think last season was the season for him to build on the season before the kind of covid season to build on that season because he had a decent season and to kind of really have an impact and that hasn't happened for one reason or another um so yeah, I think um I'm sure that the club are trying to 
see if there's any interest in him. But the problem that we have is, you know, it's obviously we spent huge money on him and he's probably on massive wages and it's now trying to recoup some of that fee. I don't even think we've paid off. <laughs> I don't even think we've paid off this transfer <laughs> fee yet. So it'll be quite fun. It'll no. not funny, but it'll be, it'll be a bit of a joke if we don't get back what we what we still owe Lille. Um, so yeah, it's yeah. more of a case of I mean, if someone comes in for him and yeah. Go on, sorry. And just picking up, so so picking up then, yeah, something that you said about someone who reminds you of, you said he reminds you of Fabregas. Do you think there's any chance you can, I know, again, we're going by what we've seen on, on, on clips on Twitter and YouTube or whatever, but could he be someone who plays in that kind of deeper sort of midfield roles? Is he someone that could play alongside Partey, do you think? It's probably too early for me to say, to, say yeah, to be honest. Fair enough. Um, I mean, look, he, he he. If you're talking about kind of the reputation that he's coming with, like, I mean, look, I'm, again, we had, neither of us had heard of him before yeah. today, right? So obviously, his reputation wasn't like all of the big clubs in Europe were after him. But at the same time, now that we've looked at kind of what he's done and his kind of CV, albeit it's quite a short CV because just because of his age, um, there's some really really exciting things to to sort of, um, yeah, there's a lot of things to be excited about. Um, I, yeah, I'm really not sure if you could play in that role. I feel like, um, I feel like, I don't know, because like you say, he's pretty, he's a pretty small guy. I guess his age profile probably means that he's not like, maybe he is, but maybe not completely physically developed yet as well. Um, yeah. Playing central midfield in the Premier League. Uh, I'm not sure if that would necessarily suit his game and suit his kind of physique. Um, but yeah, honestly, mate, I'm yeah so early to to kind of to to know who knows what the plan is. But I think we should just be excited my, that it's coming. Yeah, I agree. Totally agree. And, and yeah. sort of, I think part of the excitement, right, is that we didn't necessarily expect us to sign a player in this kind of in this sort of position. I suppose the question to you is: Do you think this will impact anything else that you you thought we'd do in the summer? I don't think so. I think. It's it's obviously I mean it's it's pretty obvious now when when a signing like this comes out of the blue as we talked about the club have a plan right they have a plan they obviously know who they want to get I mean some of those targets are obviously public in Tielemans and Hazus um, they've already started you know this isn't our first summer si this isn't our first signing you know we signed a backup goalkeeper mm -hmm. we signed Marquinhos so yeah I think I think the club are just executing the plan and 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 um uh yeah and, and and this doesn't sound seem like a this obviously you wouldn't say this is a signing that is sort of like a you know uh like a this is not at the end of the transfer window i guess is what i'm trying to say this isn't like a panic buy or anything like that it's obviously someone that the club have been looking at i can imagine again a lot of clubs have been looking at him like i think he had a fantastic euro under 21s um tournament under 21s euros tournament i think he was named player of the tournament um yeah. you know and very very highly rated in portugal so i'm sure we've been looking at him for a while and um they've decided he played to pull very the trick. well at, he played very well against liverpool in the champions league as well i think i heard at least one assist yeah 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 so maybe liverpool fans know a bit about him but uh, yeah yeah and he was he was linked with tottenham and i think he was linked with liverpool maybe maybe off the back of that game that they played against yeah. the porto but yeah no I, I don't think it does mate i think i think there's clearly a plan kind of similar to last season there was a plan in place there was a plan in january plan didn't come off in january and i think they're that you know um we've got our targets and we and i think it's also got to be balanced with how much do we get for certain players that we're trying to offload as well that could be quite yeah. a big factor in terms of sort of towards the back end of the transfer window 
you know, if we've if we've recouped enough, can we then go and get I don't know that uh, I don't know like the uh, backup um, centre back, uh, whatever, like another position yeah, that maybe yeah, isn't yeah. the highest priority, but you know what I mean, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, we've spent half an hour talking about someone who in theory hasn't actually signed for Arsenal yet. So this will be really <laughs> poor if he doesn't end up signing. But, you know, um, talking about that, you know, we talked about sort of the positions he's, he can play and potentially, you know, that might sort of, he can, he can sort of play in that right-hand side potentially. But um, talking of that right-hand side, yeah, you know, we, we did announce another signing a few days ago, which you um, which you, you, you alluded to and in Marquinhos uh, from Sao Paulo. So we signed Marquinhos. He's about 19 years old, I think. Uh, he's you know not, not spent a huge amount of time uh, in, in Sao Paulo's first team, but is someone that is seemingly incredibly highly rated in Brazil. Uh, he, we got him for next to nothing, three and a half million, I think it was. And the rumours are that, you know, it was, it, it was, we could have got him for free in theory, it sounds. It sounds like actually... Um, you know, he, he, there was there was something in his contract which meant he could go for free. It sounds like we've paid them something, and that's partly seemingly out of goodwill, which is perhaps Edu just trying to make sure that he keeps his connections in in Brazil. Sweet, I mean that in a good way, because uh, clearly, you know, we we're relying on we're going to rely on those relationships a lot. And and this kid is is likened in many ways to Gabriel Martinelli. You know, he's a very he's, he's sort of similar in that he's he's not. He's young. He's very raw. He's clearly got lots of talent. He's a he's an attacking wide player. He's someone who seemingly has played on the right hand side a lot. Now, Myers, he's nineteen years old. Uh, I, I I think that if reports are be to uh, are to be believed, it's still a case of we'll be assessing him to think you know as to whether he can be in the first team. But the thing is, people said that about Martinelli as well. And when when he joined, and Martinelli was immediately in the first team. You know, potentially this is it's, it's intriguing, isn't it? Potentially, if he if he joins and he goes straight into the first team, that's that's two two really there's there's two first team additions to that right hand side. Both who speak Portuguese, um, so like, everyone's going to have to learn Portuguese in this team. <laughs> but uh, and and c- certainly Nicolas Pepe is if he's going to like try and try and continue <laughs> with the with the club. And what do you think about this Marquinhos signing? Is it one for you, one for the future? You hopefully can make an impact this season. Yeah, I think the expectation on him is for me is is pretty low. Like I've not even been completely honest. Like the the amount of like compared to the research that I did on uh, Vieira signing, uh, it's so weird when you say Vieira signing because yeah, you, know, you have to use his first name, otherwise it's just like it just feels weird. But um, yeah, uh, compared compared to kind of yeah what I was sort of trying to trying to find out about the new signing today, I've not looked. Um, looked at anything on Marquinhos and being, being completely honest, I've I've not looked at any kind of compilations and stuff, partly because I don't really want to get myself super, super excited about a 19-year-old player that, yeah. you know, has, like you say, has not had much first-team experience. And, and then you kind of build, you hype him up in your head and then you expect him to do amazing things, especially because he's Brazilian. Then you've got the Gabriel Martinelli com- kind of comparison point as well. Like you said, then he plays and maybe he's not, at, he doesn't hit the ground running and then you feel a bit disappointed. So I'm sort of trying to stay away from all of that. But my expectation is is um, is overall low in terms of what I'm expecting from him this season. If he can kind of, I wouldn't even say he's necessarily a case of he needs to break into the first team. I think if he's in and around the squad, which obviously it sounds like he's going to be because Edu, uh, from the comments from Edu, I think he said you know he'll be he'll be joining the club or the team at, for preseason, so it sounds like he's going to have a preseason with Arsenal and he's going to be with us this 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 season as opposed to being sent out on loan or anything like that, um, you know. And I think the interesting thing this season as well is there's is five subs now, right? As in you can make five subs in the Premier League. 
So that adds like another kind of, um, you know, interesting element onto things. Yeah. In terms of the squad and, you know, it means that certain players are going to, or players are in the squad are going to get even more game time and it makes it even more of a squad game, um, arguably. Um, and, and maybe, well, I'm not saying maybe, but you know, it tends to fit in theory, it should favor the kind of bigger clubs and the clubs with a bit more money because they're obviously going to have a better, um, second 11 or better, a better subs bench. So, um, yeah, but I, like I say, I don't know all that much about it, but I was going to ask yeah. you if you, if you, if you do and kind of like the way he plays and kind of, is it right wing only or can he play? I think he's left footed. I was, I think, I, I think he's left footed, which is interesting because we've signed, you know, in both these players, uh, left footed players who play on the right, right hand side of the pitch. Um, so that's interesting because Saka's left footed as well, isn't he? Uh, so that's a, that's a that's a very interesting technical choice from from the club. Look, he he looks like to me someone who's just got like lots of raw raw pace as a very direct player, um, and I don't really know too much outside of that. What I do know is when we signed him, and you know, I looked at his Twitter account, and I looked at you know when he posted that, I think he retweeted Arsenal saying that we had signed him. I looked through all the comments; it's really interesting. Because uh, obviously the majority of these comments are from Portuguese, are in Portuguese from from Sao Paulo, France, and uh, I was translating all of them, you know, and uh, it was really interesting because the translations were all—they were all really angry at him, like really annoyed, like they're like, "How could you have done this to us? Like this is—I like, hope you suffer at your new club. I hope the yeah. disloyalty you've shown us." And I—I I was really buoyed by that because you know. You want you want them you want them to be upset he's leaving, don't you? You know you don't want them to be happy about it because actually you know on the on the flip side, um, you know and again like you know I really hope good things for him at Arsenal for the rest of his career. But Nuno Tavares, I remember when we signed him, I remember doing a similar thing, and and, and Benfica fans were just really confused. <laughs> okay, like why why have why have Arsenal signed him? This is really weird. Um, so this is this is this is the this is the opposite, right? They're they're genuinely really annoyed. Uh, so um, so that's good. That 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 makes me feel good. I personally, my my gut, not knowing much about him at all, apart from again what I've seen on on for clips and stuff. I really would love to see him part of the first team, partly for your reason. Five subs, having a you know that kind of seems like a very explosive guy, really high pace, high octane sort of bloke. Have that option to come on, you know, hail mary. That sort of thing. When you've got five subs, why not? And he'll get minutes. We've got cup games, etc. So, really excited about that. Let's touch a little bit. You know, we're going to get onto maybe our pursuit of Gabriel Jesus. This Brazilian stroke Portuguese speaking revolution. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy, isn't it? It's amazing how Arsenal do this. We've had the French Revolution during you know like amazing eras under Wenger. There was basically a German revolution for a while, right? With the Mustafis and the and uh, or German speaking at least, should I say, you know, all, all, all that, that kind of load of players. And now we firmly enter the Brazilian stroke again, Portuguese, like for the hell of it, let's go with Portuguese speaking revolution. It's amazing how this happens. And and I wonder, right, like, is that something that goes into um, the, 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 co- the coaches and the technical directors mind? Do they think about that? Do you reckon? What do they think about what trying to change Cre- the creating a bit of a to some extent sort of thinking that actually you know do these do these sort of I'm going to say swades of this this kind of big cultural um, overload does that does that help in 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 some way I mean 
you know there, there there's arguments to say no like at the end of the day like there, 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 there's probably a, a problem there because then you might just get two factions you almost have the you know portuguese speaking bunch and, and everyone else but there's clearly a direction right like we are we are signing these t- types of players yeah yeah i mean like it's fa- it's it's pretty good isn't it because imagine it was like well i don't want to name any nations but it's pretty good that it's 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 uh like a brazilian connection um yeah and we're becoming more brazilian because that's the type of player that you want especially in like the, the midfield and forward areas i mean i d- i don't know i don't know if it's a necessarily a, it's a it's a conscious kind of um kind of club culture type change thing i guess i mean maybe it's just more of a case of when you've got Arsene Wenger as your manager and his links obviously into the French market and blah, 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 it's natural that he's going to find, and he did obviously find a few gems in France and he, he knew he had more insight about certain French players than other people would have. Um, and similarly with Edu, right? Um, you know, his previous role for Brazil, I think it was like team coordinator or something like that, first team coordinator or something like that. Yeah. So I can't remember his exact title. But obviously he had a very, he must have had a really close relationship with the Brazilian team and as a result you know the kind of younger players coming through as well and um you you can obviously see that with uh some of the signings that we're making so um I I don't know mate because I guess it's that balance like you say you don't want to create two factions you don't want to create you don't want to create a divide in in the squad or in the team um especially when things start to go badly um so I, I yeah I'm not sure but like I said I'm all for it I'm all for it because you know who wouldn't want more Brazilian flair, exciting players to watch when you're, yeah, when, um, when, when, yeah, that's that's what it's all about, basically, isn't it? Having it is, these exciting it players to watch. So yeah, I'm all for it. I agree. So you know, the the main Brazilian we've been linked with in this window uh, is is Gabriel Jesus. He was basically, you know, the first big link that w- that started, you know, since when the season finished, and it's been, it's been trotting along a little bit. I think a lot of the journalists would have probably preferred it to sped up. Because, you know, they're now, again, as I mentioned before, just recycling information. But today, you know, on the same day that this whole Fabio Vieira story broke, there have been some increasing, not increasing, but a bit more, a bit more traffic on the on the Jesus deal. And in fact, Sky, again, you know, they're, they're, Sky are usually slowest to everything, right? Um, for those of you not in the UK, Sky are, are incredibly slow to report news. Uh, but when they put something on their yellow banner at the bottom, it it generally has to be confirmed a billion times. Um, and their yellow banner um, was just going across this evening saying Arsenal in talks for Gabriel Jesus. Um, oh. For them to do that, it, it, yeah, 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 yeah. For them, for them to do that usually means that it's it's something that it's been verified by a million people. Now, I think we don't need that element verified. I think it's very clear that Arsenal are in talks for for Gabriel Jesus, but it does seem like, by all reports it is closer to being done. There's a fee that's closer to being agreed. It sounds like everyone's saying that Man City are holding out for around 50 million. That's how much they value him. I'd be very surprised if Arsenal play, pay 50 million for someone who's, you know, in the in their last year of contract. Arsenal probably in a very good bargaining position as well. It sounds like Hayes wants to come. Um, what do you think, Mai? Is it You know, again, at, at the risk of us speaking about this as a topic you know every week or so is there anything additional you want to say about this pursuit are you are you feeling more confident that it'll happen are you feeling happier at the prospect of it happening definitely the latter like i when when that news broke about jesus uh, being like strongly linked with us i think we were still kind of towards the end of the season i think and yes that's um, true it was yeah yeah a bit a while now and um me and 
like me and you seem to be of the same view in terms of our group, right? With Aaron and Nero, me and you uh, seem to be of the same view in terms of what he'd bring. Um, and Aaron and sort of had certain questions, which which are valid to be fair. Um, and a lot of that is around: is it just Jesus, or is it Jesus plus one other forward or one other striker? Which I think is a massive question that we await the answer to. Um, but am I excited about him? Do I rate him? Would I want him? Like yes, yes, and yes. I I, I I've I I remember when he came to City. Um, and he was very, very young, kind of similar to like Marcelli Marquinhos. He came with a massive reputation, probably bigger than both of those for sure, actually. And obviously, the the the, the narrative with City was, you know, he's the he's a he's the yeah he's the next Aguero Heir to Aguero, yeah. yeah. And that isn't necessarily, you know, that obviously that hasn't happened. Aguero was kind of an elite player, um, and all of that. And but that, but I think I feel that I feel that kind of hinders his. Um, like when people make an opinion of him, I think they kind of keep like Aguero's in the back of their mind when they judge Jesus and his City career. But um, look, I don't want to, yeah, we could talk about his stats and we could debate about, you know, how many minutes has he played and versus, you know, like his goals and assists per minute and all the rest of it. And there's lots of things to, to kind of think. But I think, um, again, what I said earlier, right, what Arteta's potentially looking for from the players that he's bringing in, you know, a forward that could potentially play anywhere across the front three, um uh and he could yeah he can play as a number nine he can play kind of one of in one of the wider positions it gives him that kind of adaptability um I, I feel like it's a no-brainer as long as the money's right for the club I just feel like it's an absolute no-brainer if a player like that becomes available I, I I'm very very surprised that kind of other clubs haven't haven't essentially gone for him or maybe they have and for whatever reason he prefers us maybe it's that Brazilian um uh, revolution that's happening with us that has attracted well, the him Ar- to us. The Arteta, Arteta connection, as well. exactly the Arteta thing as well. Um, so, so I, you know, I, I'm kind of like, if he's in my mind, it's like I hope that I absolutely hope the deal gets done. And um, you know, I'm not saying I'm not saying he's necessarily the answer to our kind of striker problem, but like I say, when a play like Jesus becomes available, I think you 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 absolutely go for it and and do everything you can to get him because I genuinely don't think he would be out of place at like a Real Madrid. I don't think he'd be out of place at at Chelsea. He wasn't out of place at City. Like, you know, like you you were saying before, right? City don't play the same 11 every week. They don't have a first 11. They have a spine, you know, they have their keeper, they have Ruben Diaz, they have Kevin De Bruyne, um, you know, and, and, that, that's probably it. Like I think everyone else is pretty much they've got a second. And it wasn't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. yeah. So, so you know, despite that, Jesus was still a very, very important player for them. Pep raves about him. I just I can't see any downside to it. And to be honest, like who cares if you drop fifty million on him? I, I said this last summer. Like if the guy that we want becomes available, we've we've how many times have we missed out on on a player because oh we didn't put you know allegedly we didn't spend the money like we didn't up the offer by that five or 10 million. And we were so hamstrung for, for so many reasons, um, or mainly for one reason, the stadium, but we were hamstrung in the past with our, with our um, ability to kind of, yeah, um, put the money on the table essentially. And if it takes 50 million, but it's the guy that Arteta wants and it's the guy that fills a massive, massive hole. I'm not, like I said, I'm not saying he is the answer. 
you know who cares like as a fan do you really give a shit like i don't i don't really care anymore i've gone past the point of caring how much we spend on players and how much not so much how much we pay them because i guess there's there's, that's a separate conversation but um but yeah so i'm hoping that it happens and i didn't know that about the sky sports thing i saw a a couple of things on twitter like an hour or two ago um but there was no kind of source. It was just seemed like the talks are continuing and we've put in another offer. We're getting closer to their valuation. And I think, I think for me, it feels like we're just trying to get him for as little as possible, sort of contradicting myself in what I said about it doesn't matter how much you put down. I guess from a fan's perspective, I don't care how much we, we pay, but from the club's perspective, it just feels like we're trying to, yeah, we're trying to get him as cheap as possible. Like you say, the, the kind of, the 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 we we have the upper hand in terms of the negotiations. We we should anyway, um, because of like say the player wants to leave and hopefully wants to come to us and last year of the contract, um, and it feels like we're just trying to save that like couple of million, maybe that five million pounds or so, because we know that we need to use that in other areas of the pitch, um, and hopefully they hopefully it just this is the only kind of really worrying thing is like I say he's an attractive player right, so if someone else comes in for him for whatever reason someone comes in and trumps us that that could be a little bit of a it, it shouldn't happen because it's like you say it sounds like things have progressed quite well and quite far but you just yeah know, right because that's the risk with it dragging on right the risk with dragging on is that you've got teams who weren't necessarily going to go for him and they might have had other targets and in, in and the more it drags on and and potentially these clubs may not be able to get the targets that they were going for and then they start looking at actually we need a Gabriel Jesus um, you know or one of their players or, or they weren't in the market for a striker and actually one of their strikers wants to leave and they have to sort that out so again you know it feels like we it feels like we have an opportunity I agree with you about the price as a fan I don't care I don't care about how much we spend as a fan the only reason I'd care is if it meant that you know we wouldn't be able to do something else in the market that that the squad does need but even then how would you know you'd never know i'd never know as a fan uh, that would never be transparent we, we we don't we don't know so you know i'm just i'm really keen that we get the the the, the deal done i guess what will make a difference uh, you know if it's a case where it does feel like because 50 million does seem like a lot of money for, for anyone who's in their last year of contract and if it does if it is a case where city are just hardballing 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 then i'd be more sympathetic but again these things we never know um, we we only get to see what's reported. So at the moment, I think that, you know, I'd be very disappointed if we didn't sign him. I think, again, with signing someone like Fabio Vieira and having Odegaard there as, as he is, it just it feels like we'll probably create a lot of chances next season. And, and having Gabriel Jesus, having any competent centre forward play week in, week out, they're probably going to score goals. And this is a three-time Premier League winner. Yeah. yeah, like this is this is no joke, right? He's he's not he's he's also going to bring that to the dressing room. He's like been that he's won titles, like really tough titles to win against competing against clubs like Liverpool. He's won titles, so, so he brings that to the dressing room, and he's got lots to prove. Someone like him doesn't move at twenty five, and and think that they haven't got stuff that they still need to prove. They move at twenty five because they have got something that they want to do. Mm. right because otherwise he could just st- he could just stay there he's at this club winning titles he'll probably win another couple of trophies next season if he stays so you know he'll come and he'll want to he'll want to do something and i have a feeling that's that's because he you know it's it's to start games regularly and 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 you know show what he can do as a forward so 
yeah, look, exciting times. Let's see. By the next time we record, maybe we, we would assign him. Um, not really much else by way of concrete stuff going on. We know, as in new concrete links, we know the, the Tielemans thing kind of bubbles on. Um, I'm just going to switch a little bit to the other big news, really, of today, which was about fixtures. And the fixture list came out this morning. Uh, there were some leaks that came around last night. Actually, the leaks pr- proved to be true, actually. Um, there was leaks that we were going to be playing Crystal Palace away on uh, on the opening weekend. That was confirmed this, mo- this morning. So Arsenal play Crystal Palace on opening day on, of the season, which is a Friday. It's a Friday night away from home. I mean, deja fucking vu, right? Like last season, Friday night... You need to get your... Uh, I know you're pissed off about this. I'm annoyed about it as well, but I could tell you're really annoyed about it. So I think you need to get it. Get it out of your system. Get it out of my system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on. Go for it. I'm annoyed about it because at the <laughs> end of the day, right? Like I'm not I'm not annoyed that we've got Palace away because I, I completely believe and, tr- and trust that, you know, that that was a round. I don't think they've gone and picked, let's have Arsenal, let's have a tough fix for Arsenal. It's not, it's not that. But just just on that, so Liverpool, Liverpool. Sorry, not to interrupt. Liverpool. I, I think I saw something. I don't know if you saw this. Liverpool for the fourth season in a row have got one of the promoted clubs as their first game of the season. Again, I, yeah, I agree. I, I I'm with you. I'm not saying there's like conspiracy theories here, but yeah, there's some. I weird... mean, so have we though, right? So we on the last few seasons, so have we we had Fulham away, and then we Fulham, had true. we had Brentford just the yeah, last season. We're, last not, last game. we're not Liverpool. We're so. not Liverpool. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. The thing that I'm annoyed about is is just again the the need to play us on the Friday night when, and I, and I think it's because there's so much narrative, like it's obviously been chosen because there's so much they can talk about that day. It's, oh, Arsenal away from home, you know, on, on the opening day of the season at night under the lights again, after what happened last season, will the same things happen? Will, you know, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's going to be exactly the same narrative, exactly the bloody same. Yeah. And that's what, what annoys me knowing that I have to listen to, because we might not get tickets for the game, right? Because it's, you know, it's going to be a hugely in demand and, you know, we, we've got a lot of away credits, but it might not be enough. So we might not be there. If I'm if I'm watching at home, there's going to be bloody Gary Neville and Carragher, who basically like last season when they were celebrating with the Brentford fans, they uh, they really yeah. do want, you know, they, they want Palace to win, right? They want Palace to win. So they're going to be really annoying about it. If we lose, they're going to be really annoying. They're going to be really, really annoying. Um, and, and, and if we are there... It's a really annoying game at the opening day. Also, because we've got a bad record against Palace, right? We're not good at Selhurst Park. It's not good. We don't. We rarely win. We got absolutely hammered, and it was a result last season, which the season just gone, which you know the the it was the start of those three games which we lost, which arguably cost us fourth place. When we when we really look back on it, it was that real period, wasn't it? So. It's not good memories. Palace can be well up for it. They've got the, one of the best sets of fans in the Premier League. The atmosphere in, at Palace on any day is awesome. Opening day under the lights on a Friday night, everyone's going to be tanked up. It's going to be really tough for Arsenal. Like the only positive, the only positive really that I could think of is, well, aside from the fact that I do think that, you know, let's just hope that we don't have a random injury, two injuries on the day like we just did you know, this time when Tierney and Partey just, you know, kind of were, were out or well, Tierney before kickoff, Partey, you know, after kickoff. But um, the, the only positive is last season, they had Conor Gallagher, who did an absolute number on Thomas Partey, right? He like absolutely like, you know, marked him out the game, like pressurised him, etc. And Conor Gallagher's probably not going to be there next season unless he goes back on loan. Um, so that's like the one positive that I had. But um, I am annoyed about it. Uh 
look on the plus side it's a it's a it's a fixture it's a tough fixture that could get out the way um but our, our overall net i'm just annoyed that it's been chosen um that the the sorry the other thing i know like just to finish off my rant on a positive the thing that i did find really funny though is that all the top six teams have been deemed popular enough for a tv fixture aside from tottenham oh really i didn't see that tottenham Tottenham okay. play at 3 p.m. on Saturday. It just you know the schmuck time of 3 p.m. We had to get used to 3 p.m.s last season because we finished eighth. We finished eighth and we got to we had to get used to 3, 3 p.m.s. Tottenham finished fourth. They can't make an opening game TV fixture. That's mad. Like they're the only one. I think they're fat. You know, yeah. even Man United. Man United at home to Brighton get get a fixture. <laughs> Man United are awful. That's all about Ten Hag, though, isn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah that's quite funny actually that's quite funny but i guess their fans like the actual fans that are going to the match will probably be quite happy because as a match going fan you love a saturday 3 p.m don't you um yeah man like i'm, I'm with you i'm with you uh <laughs> well by the way, by the way all... you know you're you're just being sorry can i try you're just being nice on tottenham because because about basically for anyone who so let me tell you <laughs> let me tell you a little story about mice for a second yeah so so a really nice person commented on one of our youtube videos um, and they said they were a Tottenham fan. They identified themselves as a Tottenham fan. And they basically just said that Mize was the greatest bloke since Jesus. <laughs> basically, that's what they said, right? If words to effect, he said, he's like, he's, he's just, he's like, it's what a decent, amazing, um, level-headed. He just said all, all Do you these disagree, things. mate? Do you disagree? It's not whether I disagree or not. I mean, this person identified as a Tottenham fan. You know, I'm your friend. I'm an Arsenal. I actually know you, right? This guy. And he doesn't look like a bot either. A genuine bloke you know, with a profile who has commented on other things in the past, etc. Like, you know, and there's nothing, I, I, I mean, I, I, yeah, I considered, is it you setting up your own account? Like I said, you know, a account, but it doesn't, <laughs> even, even my wife, she thought that's probably the oh, case, like, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Well, she was like, come on, come on, like, come on. Yeah. But, but anyway, so, so this is a Tottenham <laughs> fan who's basically butted up Mize. And now look, I've just ran it. I've just banded off I'm Tottenham not, about not not, nice. and he's, and he's like, I and he's just like, know. oh yeah, well, they're probably pleased on that. Anyway, moving on. That's what you did um no i'm not being nice about tottenham at all but um yeah man anyway 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 let's move on let's move on <laughs> what was i gonna say palace palace um yeah like i completely i completely agree with you in terms of just it's all set up isn't it it's all set up and the one that the i mean look there were there was a in terms of what happened against brentford last season right there was a there was more to it than just the result, right? There was the players that were out with COVID. I don't think we had a striker. Did we start um, Balogun that game? Yeah, because there's two, yeah, the COVID. Yeah, yeah, we started, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, look, hopefully we're not in that, like you say, not, not no kind of ridiculous injuries and hopefully we don't have any COVID problems and that kind of thing and we can kind of go pretty full strength. Uh, it's, it's a, yeah, like you say, it's a tough game as it is and this has just sort of made it a little bit, or a, lot, a lot tougher. And yeah, I think I think the the kind of good thing is when you look at the fixtures, when you look at the first few games, okay, look, worst case, we lose to Palace. If we do lose to Palace, the following games after that are much more winnable that winnable than Chelsea and City like last season, right? Mm. Um so you'd like to think, you know, I think the first six games, Palace Leicester or five I've got here, Palace Leicester at home, Bournemouth away, Fulham at home, Villa at home, I think. Um, that's August, yeah. Uh, for, for first, first game against like a um, you know the, a, a big six team in the vertical commas is, is Man United on on third of September, yeah, away. But yeah, sorry, go on. No, no. So I was just saying, you know, like there's there's obviously 
I'm not saying we're going to win every game after Palace, or we're going to win every all of those five games. But there's there are obviously games where we can set ourselves set ourselves set ourselves up this season much better um, than last season, where obviously we were playing catch up and. Um, there was all sorts going on after those three losses at the start of the season. So, so you know, fingers crossed we can just, yeah, have a better start. We should. And if we don't have a better start from those few games, then I'll be very, very worried. Uh, so, um, so yeah, I mean, overall fixtures-wise, I don't know if there's... The other the other interesting interesting thing, I don't know if you looked at it, was the, um, the games fo- that we have following the Europa League games, at least in the oh, group no, stages. I haven't, I haven't dissected yeah, it so that way. No, no. It's actually not too bad, yeah. So I've got it here. So it's Everton at home. Uh, Brentford away, Liverpool at home, Leeds away, Nottingham, Nottingham, Nottingham Forest at home, Chelsea away. Those are the games after. They're the games directly after. Like, okay, yeah, cool. they're the games straight after we play in the Europa League. And I guess when you look okay. at that, you know, three three home games, obviously, but um, two of them in London. I mean, I'm not, again, I'm not really one to kind of make a massive thing about oh we have to travel we have to come back and then travel like up to Liverpool and all that kind of stuff I I think I said this before it's I don't think it's a I don't think it's a huge huge factor like it shouldn't determine if we win or lose a match but mm. um yeah that's not that's not like the worst like it could have been a number of away games I guess it's split obviously home and away but it could have been so like really really tough away games I mean Chelsea away is not easy Leeds away is not e- not easy but you know they were pretty yeah. poor last season. Brentford away, obviously, we lost last season. But yeah, they're they're sort of a different team they're, now. Yeah, they are. And so, the really tough months for us look like October and April, don't they, on, on paper. So October, you know, we've got Tottenham, Liverpool, Leeds, Man City, Southampton, Nottingham Forest in a quite a chunky month. Yeah, so like, yeah. you know, and then and then April, April is interesting, right? Because if we are so fortunate and so, um, you know, if we do well enough to still be in a lot of cup competitions then April could have a lot of fixtures. And April, for, in terms of Premier League games, it's Leeds, Liverpool, West Ham, Southampton, Man City, Chelsea. You know, so that's a that's a, that's a tough month to be in, to, to have, you know, latter stage cup games if we do get that far. Yeah. You know, it's, it's going to be a tough month, right? Yeah, yeah. And I guess, I mean, look, I guess if we are still in like the FA Cup, um, there's a fair, protect, you know, there's a, good chance that maybe some of those games might get rearranged i guess if they fall on fa cup weekends i don't know if they i don't even know how the schedule works anymore i mean it's so weird this this season because of the world cup right it's mm-hmm. like the the whole schedule is just um very very weird and uh yeah but yeah that yeah like you say i mean yeah october was it october and april could potentially yeah. be really really tough months but i think every team's probably got a tough month in there somewhere um so it just sort of is what it is. Let's see. And some of these games, you know, this this is what it looks like right now. Some games could get moved for, you know, for, for various reasons, but often reasons just because teams progress in the Cups and FA Cup weekends and, you know, games get moved. So some of these fixtures will change. But yeah, look, on the face of it, uh, interesting fixtures. Yeah, still a bit annoyed about what we've got on opening day. I would have just... I would, I just, I just would love to just be out of this. But so you know, as much as I bantered off Tottenham, you know, again, I would just love a three pm kickoff. To be honest, right? You know, home, three pm, Palace away. Well, okay, but hey, look. At the same time, it's an opportunity to make a statement and to show kind of you know how far maybe we we have improved from from the season before. Um, guys, we've been going for about an hour now. Um, why don't we call it a day? I think there's, you know, it's been a, it's been a good pod with lots to talk about. Uh, one topic in particular in the first half that you know just took us by surprise today and hopefully by tomorrow 
by the time many of you have listened to this podcast, we may have signed him. What will be terrible is if he signed for someone else and then um, we just waste, everyone's wasted their time. We wasted <laughs> time. You've wasted your time. So uh, look, my, uh thank you, man. Like, I, I think you'll agree that net today's been a good day to be an Arsenal fan. Just a, a positive feeling day. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I think we needed it. I think a lot of fans needed it. And um, like you say, fingers crossed it, it, it kind of gets done, finalised and... Yeah, a couple of a couple of the other ones that seem to be um, taking a little while uh, also also get completed, and it will be nice to to have the it'll be nice to have the squad ready um, early doors this season, um, ready for preseason because it's going to be a bloody long season as well with the World Cup. So yeah, it will be. It will be. All right, mate. Well, thank you, Mize. Thank you, everyone, for joining. Please, again, um, we just so love your support and appreciate it. So just please do like, subscribe, share. Um, keep interacting with us even if you are Tottenham fans and you, all you want to do is <laughs> praise Mize because you know what it's better than nothing um, yeah. and actually actually you know it's really nice if you don't if you don't support Arsenal and you're watching this and you bother you know you bother watching this that's really flattering and we really appreciate it um, and you know by uh, and if you're not trolling us as well that's even better so that's cool so you know we do do, do appreciate it uh, cool Mize goodbye good night cheers Raj yes yes have a, have a good one mate take it easy Thank See you, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.